0: The Ruddy Reveal podcast is a part of the Ruddy Reveal subscription service conducted by Ruddy Man Grooming Company. Please listen further for clues and information that will aid you in your search for the truth with this month's mystery. A bell rang loud enough to wake the dead. The sun had freshly painted the sky with a brilliant blue and birdsong resounded through the front yard of the Benjamin Wilder Middle School. Students poured into the main hall by way of the mid-century double doorway, some excitedly shouting to friends across the locker-riddled corridors, others with their eyes set forward on their destination. The school day had begun, and like any other school day, its importance was in the eye of the beholder. For the most part, the tweens that called this educational institution their home away from home went about their day as normal, rotating from class to class, worrying over a promised pop quiz here or there, and eventually, as all students tend to do, surviving another day in the shifty time between childhood and adolescence. The final bell of the day rang, and those with extracurricular interests found their ways to their respective clubs, sports practices, or fine arts rehearsals. While not nearly as crowded as before, the school still buzzed with a smaller, yet perceptible, form of activity. Bobby made his rounds from classroom to classroom during this time. It was, in effect, the twilight for the school, the time between active and dormant. Truly, it was a picture of the very students who walked its halls in broad daylight. Picking up a wastebasket, he dumped its contents into his larger rolling bin, swept the room, and made note of the windows. Next Tuesday will be window washing, he thought to himself. I need to get the lawn mowed Monday. Bobby had been on staff for a number of years, almost half his life by now. In a culture that pushed people to be a working part of society, yet simultaneously tended to look down on occupations of his type, the 60-something-year-old man found solace in keeping a place like this in tip-top shape. Not to be confused with a complacent man, Bobby actually chose this job. It allowed his mind to slow down. He'd been graced with a high IQ, and he would have used it. The problem was, he also was graced with an immeasurable introversion and a bent towards peer-related social anxiety, and so he found himself smiling at his current situation, some would call a predicament, and he sighed with a bit of relief. Anyway, he enjoyed the company of the few adults who were designated staff and faculty here, well, most of them, and he was a well-loved part of these formative years for the youngsters learning here. This was probably due to his genial nature, his respectful mannerisms, the odd nugget of wisdom he'd throw out at those kiddos who'd take time to listen, and the train. Oh yeah, they love the train, he thought proudly. You see, Bobby had this amazing ability to expel air from his lungs and flow it over his vocal cords in such a way as to create the illusion of a fast-approaching locomotive. This special ability had a way of making the kids cheer. (laughs) And several times throughout the day, his talent was requested. He always obliged, and he was all the more loved for it. He was reminiscing about those joyful parts of his occupation when he heard it. A train. Shaking his head, chuckling to himself, he thought, Oh, Bobby boy, you have a bit longer in the tooth, I'm afraid. Your own thoughts are starting to manifest themselves. Maybe you could use some more social time. Again, this time unmistakably outside of his brain. In fact, it was down the hall. Glancing at the window, he realized he'd been cleaning and thinking to himself long enough for the sun to set completely. Who would still be here right now, he thought. Checking his wristwatch, he confirmed that the time was currently 6.15 p.m., at least 45 minutes past the time the building would be left completely to only him and his mops. Without a second thought, he rolled his bin in the direction of the sound he'd heard. Rounding a corner, he noticed one solitary beam of light cascading into the hallway from a classroom doorframe. It was the rehearsal classroom for the school band, Mr. Cimbala's Tiny Kingdom, as it were. Mort's here late, thought the custodian. He decided to pop in just quickly enough to let the band instructor know that he was about to leave and that if he needed to stay any later, he'd need to lock up. He didn't intend on sticking around much longer than that. Mortimer Cimbala was a bit creepy. He just gave off a vibe that told normal folks not to hang around. Too bad for the musically inclined students, but at least they were saved by the bell every 50 minutes. "'Hey, Mort, I'm about to—' Bobby's voice trailed off. At first glance, the room was empty. He scanned quickly, turning to leave, when something caught his eye. Over by the bin of percussion instruments, he saw a long wooden object that was on the ground beneath the container— Walking a bit closer, Bobby recognized a hand-carved wooden train whistle. "'Well, there's the train I heard,' he thought, looking around in the direction of the blackboard and the upright piano. His eyes landed on something on the ground near the front-left caster of the piano. Some sheet music must have fallen off the impromptu desk of the band teacher. Nearing the piano, he bent down, with a groan, to pick up the Martian-looking paper when he noticed the soles of some black dress shoes near the pile. He hadn't seen them before due to the angle from where he'd been standing, but now, as they came into full sight, he realized they were attached to pants, and those pants were on the prone figure of Mr. Simbala. Mort, you okay? He quickly crawled over to where the man lay and realized the instructor was not responding in any way. As he bent down to check his pulse, he suddenly retracted his hand when he saw a puncture wound on the teacher's right temple, surrounded by a spreading purple bruise that covered now the upper part of the man's occipital cavity. Seeing no chest movements to indicate breathing, he quickly checked the pulse of the man, and when he realized there was no heartbeat, he got up and ran as fast as his aging legs would take him to the front desk's telephone to call the local police department. Please stay tuned for details of this mystery coming to your email inbox soon.